Hi, I'm Georgia Graham, and I'm a writer, editor, and pretty much retired model. This is Threads of Conversation, a show on the standard London Sometimes Radio, where I talk to creative people about their life and career, as told via clothes. Today, I'm talking to Agathe Roussel, breakout star of 2021's Palm Door winner, Titan, the film which set box offices alight around the world. I came to Paris to chat to Agathe about becoming one of France's hottest new stars and the road that led her to the role. As we're not in the London studio, please excuse the odd Parisian sound effect. Agathe, welcome to the show. Hi, hello. So let's start with your first piece. So this is the piece that reminds you of your childhood. So this is a pink denim cap uh, crimped with plastic multicolored crystals, very sort of like Von Dutch era. Oh, yes. No, it was way before that. I was maybe eight years old, so mm-hmm. Von Dutch was not around, I not don't think. So. And uh, no, I, would just, I just loved it so much because, you know, I would carry it around or just wear it. And uh, everywhere I would go during maybe one summer because you know, I probably lost it. Mm-hmm. Or like the crystals fell down and... Uh, you know, there was not much of it at the end. And I think it probably lasts for one summer, but I loved it. Love to death, as yes, they say. Yes, loved it to death. So what was your style like? So you say you were eight years old. What was your style like as a child? I mean, I would just like uh, very colourful outfits. Um, I would sometimes dress like as a tall tom- tomboy and sometimes like a princess. Mm-hmm. And I pretty much still do that, so... <laughs> Yeah. And what was your child? Where did you grow up? Um, and what was your childhood like? Uh, I grew up in the north of France, uh, next to Lille. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was a pretty, pretty nice childhood, like until my parents divorced mm-hmm. and it became hell. Mm-hmm. But uh, before that, like I had a pretty nice uh, time with my younger sister and younger brother six years um, after. And um, yeah, it was pretty... Yeah, I remember going to the gy- to gymnastics and uh, having a good time. And I loved going to school. I had friends. It was nice. Mm. Were your parents creative? Mm, no, not really. My dad is a doctor and uh, my mom is, uh, used to work in a, um, in a high school. Mm. And you have two siblings, so a younger sister. And so actually three. Mm. Uh, because the last one is a sister, but she came like 14 years after mm-hmm. me from my mom's... Uh, new marriage mm. so you're the eldest I am so you're making all the rules I am making all the rules yes. and how would you say in terms of your personality like as a what kind of kid were you were you sort of very energetic very loud were you the responsible one like what was the vibe all of that yeah, yeah very um, I mean if there if like a team needed a leader I would just you know announce yeah. myself <laughs> as one uh, I would yeah make the rules uh, be pretty uh, directive on everything and um, which pr- was probably really annoying to my friends but at least there was someone who was trying to do things and um, I was really energetic um, yeah I started doing all kinds of different sports very, at a very young age just because my mum couldn't handle me so. um, what were your favorite sort of, what were your favorite sports to play and what were your favorite subjects in school a favorite subject was uh, French mm-hmm. uh, and English but yeah, that's yeah, that's it. I mean, I I loved everything, but um, mathematics because I never understood anything about mm-hmm. it, or physics even worse. Uh, but yeah, French and English, and um, 
and sports. Uh, I loved doing, you know, the gymnastic where you use, um, in French it's called GRS, but I don't know what it's called. Oh. You know, it's like when you have uh, ribbon and... Uh, I was thinking it's like pony gymnastics, where you have like ribbons <laughs> and like it's a bit more... Yeah, like, it's kind of that. Um, a balloon or whatever. Yeah, like, yeah. Whatever. Uh, so I, I had that, but then I played volleyball for quite a long time as a teenager and I loved it. Mm-hmm. And people often think like it's like you're either sporty or you're creative, but obviously you prove that you're both. Mm. When would you say that you sort of started to feel that like creative itch, and how did that first manifest? Uh, being creative, yeah. I don't know. Like I would, I would, you know, um, work on actually work on a lot of little shows for my parents as a kid. Mm. Uh, so I would work on them for like a few days and then present them yeah, you know, yeah. the show. So yeah, I would do that, and I would, you know, always. I mean, as a kid as all of the kids do, just like draw. And uh, I was really bad at drawing, but I would still draw. And I, I mean, probably this, where I was the most creative was in writing mm-hmm. because I started writing very early on because I knew how to, how to read and to write at a very young age. And I feel like I started writing as soon as I knew how to, mm. you know, put down words. Mm. And was it like poetry or songs or... I would write stories, but I was pretty bad at it. So I switched to poetry, mm. which was way easier for me. Also because, you know, when you're confused as, you know, a child or t- like young teenager, it's so much easier to just talk about your impressions and poetry is the perfect mm. uh, vessel for that. I remember finding a poem that I wrote when I was mm-hmm. like nine or ten or something. And it was one of, I think I just encountered like sort of adult, like beautiful poetry. Yeah. And I was trying to write it like, and it was, it's the most cringeworthy thing you've ever seen. Because mm-hmm. it's just like trying to use all the sort of like broken verses and like horrible. sort of dramatic words and things. And it was like trying to articulate feelings that like I hadn't, I have not experienced anything by then. Mm-hmm. It was just that. It's very cringy. Also because, you know, when you reread it, you can see how hard you were yeah, trying. Yeah, totally. Oh, and you were trying so hard. It was so bad. It's so earnest as well. Yeah. You can just feel your little heart being like, <sighs> oh, horrible. try and feel this feeling. I put everything in the trash. I didn't keep anything because I, I found like entire boxes of like all of the poems, all of the writings that I did. And I felt so embarrassed yeah, for myself yeah. that I was just like, this needs to be burned. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Put everything away. But um, yeah, it's interesting because I think uh, obviously now everyone thinks of you as an actress but actually you had so many creative careers before that like you were a photographer you've done modeling um you worked at an advertising agency like when did you begin the photography and did you know when you were younger what you wanted to be when you were older um photography was always not always always but uh, i remember asking for a camera for my 18th birthday which i got from my dad uh it was digital though and I went back to uh, analog like a few years after, and I don't know. I just started, you know, taking pictures all the time and having always having a camera in my pocket, and you know, and I would do that in very special period of my life, like mm-hmm. when I, usually when I was really depressed, mm-hmm. um, and you know, I don't, I, I don't know. I would just take pictures all the time and learn as I went. And the other question was. When did, uh, what was my other question? I always do this, I ask too many questions. <laughs> Everyone forgets what they are. Um, my other question was, I don't know, but I do have another question, oh. which is that in terms of influences, so this can be more widely creatively or in terms of your style, mm-hmm. um, when you were younger, 
who were they? Was it a parent, a friend? Was it a, a character from cinema? You know, the the pink. If we're returning to a pink cap, it's a pretty distinct <sighs> item that doesn't come from nowhere. I feel like it probably as a child. I'm not sure I had one, mm. but maybe. Um, I don't know. Like as a kid, I was a huge fan of Jim Carrey, mm-hmm. just because he would make me laugh so much. Um, but growing up, it was more my icons were mostly musicians. Mm-hmm. So you know, like I was a huge, huge, and still am a huge, huge fan of uh, Nine Inch Nails, mm-hmm. for instance, and the whole aesthetics of the band and Trent Reznor, and that um, you know led me to. Um, David Fincher and like everything was kind of related and as you know as for like women icons I had like Tilda Swinton was a massive one Mm. and um, I don't know I was inspired also by um, series at the time like TV shows such as uh, Six Feet Under Mm. who was very like I don't know it moved something in me I don't know what why how exactly but it was really strong and some movies also, uh, like American Beauty or mm-hmm. Virgin Suicides and stuff like that. Like, mm-hmm. I was just a teenager, but, you know. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't want to say David Bowie because it's really obvious, but that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, this kind of... David Bowie without saying David Bowie. Yes. Yeah. His presence is with us, but we yes, don't name him, even though we just... <laughs> um, so, yeah, so that takes us kind of on to your second piece. Um, so this is the piece that reminds you of your career. Mm. And so for this, you have chosen... The beige vinyl dress that I can't say Nicolas de Felice, Felice. De Felice um, made for me from scratch in case I got a, pra- a prize in Cannes, which is very funny when you read it back now. You're like, yes. in case. Um, so tell us about this piece. Can you please describe it and then also talk about that moment in your life? Um, so the dress is uh, beige, so we chose the color together. So basically, what happened is like we walked the red carpet in Cannes the first time to show the film um, and it was it was like a real success and then the next day Nicola called me and he was like well I don't know why but I feel like you're gonna get a prize for this so do you want me to make the dress for you and I was like yes but do you have an idea it's like um, okay just let me call you tonight we can choose stuff together and just you know talk about it so he kind of like put together a dress during the day and we chose, he called me and he was like, do you like it? And I was like, I love it, but we would were, we were just choose the color together. And as the first dress was black, I wanted to go for something really different. So this one is beige, sand, uh, sandy beige. And, um, and the dress is, uh, I don't know, like you have the whole back, um, like naked and the, in front, like you don't have like a collar or something is really straight, um, like an apron kind mm-hmm. of. Um, and he made me, he made it from scratch because he had all of the measurements from the first dress, but he made it in Paris and ha- had it sent, mm-hmm. had it brought by someone to can like on the day mm-hmm. we effectively uh, walked the stairs for the second time. Mm-hmm. The thing with Cannes is that you see that you just see the sort of people under it, you never hear about like what goes into it what for you particularly it was your first time at the festival what was the preparation going into it particularly because it was such a new film you had no idea like necessarily how successful it would be um what was the sort of organization pre uh, for Cannes um I mean it was a lot of 
styling preparation mm-hmm. because I, I needed so many different outfits for you know press uh, during the day, during the night. There, there was the cocktails and dinners and blah blah. blah. So I, I needed to have, get that in order, and that, that's actually what took me the most time. But no, for the rest, you know, it was just um, I was just trying to you know to, to think about what the questions would be about the movie and try to answer it like pre-answer everything in my head so I wouldn't be you know like scared of any or anything but that's it and I yeah and pre- to prepare it also got completely sober for a month and a half mm. because I wanted to have to be like very focused and be in super good shape mm. and I'm really happy I did because I was indeed like it allowed me to not be tired like to like sleep three hours because I had like the party the, the movie party and then a radio show at 6am and not be super tired I was tired but it was way better than if I had you know drunk the whole night before mm-hmm. so and were you nervous before or you felt quite by that point you'd been through the whole process of making the film and you felt I don't know quite relaxed around that kind of thing no 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 I was really nervous because it's a whole different exercise so it has nothing to do with um you know, when you shoot, the, you shoot a movie, it's not public at all. It's something that you do with a team. It's very small. No one knows about it. It's pretty, you know, secretive. And all of a sudden, it's like, it's, everything is out in the open and your face is out in the open and everything that you say is written somewhere. So it's like, I was really nervous about it. I didn't want to say anything I would regret. Like, I, I was, that's also why I didn't drink because I wanted to be so um, clear. Uh, with everything so yeah I was really nervous now it's much better now mm. but yeah it's just I think it just you know it just takes practice it's like everything else mm. so yeah I want to hear a little bit about um, you know life before the film I think one of the things I said to you that is so cheesy but it's like you're someone that you you tried all the different avenues in your 20s and you really found yourself you found your creativity and it was it's sort of a lesson that if you really explore your sense of self and explore your sort of all the different creative paths available to you the right project will essentially I mean I know you worked really hard for it but it will sort of come to you mm-hmm. So yeah, so tell me about all the things that you did. Um, I mean, you can admit if there's okay. any that brought, essentially led you to the point that you're at now. The path is, was very long. <laughs> so, I mean, I did a bunch of different things, um, sometimes by chance and sometimes out of, you know, actual will. Um, I don't know, like, because, you know, I had, like, most of the time in my 20s, I had, like, five to six jobs at the same time, mm-hmm. including being uh, a, a salesperson, including being a bartender, like, I had, um, you know, like, jobs, and then I did, I just decided I wanted to be a photographer, so I just, you know, bought a camera and just <laughs> made a photographer out of nothing. Um, oddly enough, without any uh, fraud syndrome, which, which is really weird for me, but, you know, anyways, I just, mm-hmm. like, decided. Um, and for the rest, like, I don't know, I, I had this embroidery company um, where I would um, embroider by hand that, like a thousand t-shirts or panties probably at the time. Uh, so I spent a lot of time doing that, but modeling also and, uh, you know, every time I had the chance to be um, on the right side of the camera, 
which is in front of a camera for me. Uh, I would just do it, so anything, anything, like it was a music video or like a short fashion film, anything would make me happy. That's also why modeling, like it was the closest thing uh, I could find. And yeah, and I don't know, at some point it just got back. But, because I feel like if you work, and just, you know, the, your idea is still at the back of your head and it's not going away. I don't know, I kind of believe in, I kind of believe in uh, manifesting and everything. I think it really works. That's also why people say, be careful what you wish for, because it actually happens. Mm. So, yeah. Have you had any of that experience yet? I mean, like, I don't want to get dark, but in terms of experiences now that essentially something that you dreamed of is coming through, uh, coming true, are there any bits of it you find more difficult or that you're like, oh, I didn't realise that would be a part of the equation? When I was thinking about being an actress as a teenager, I never really thought about the whole promo aspect of it and how tiring and how draining it is. It's also really exciting and really new and it's just, it's just so nice to have so many people interested in what you did. So it's, it's also really re rewarding. But I, this is the part I didn't think about. Mm. But I, I People like me asking you loads of questions. Being like, what was it like? <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> no, no, but I mean, it was... It was it's nice. I mean, I'm just this I mean, as as of now, like everything is really new and everything is really exciting. So I'm, I'm super, you know, eager to know more and discover more and learn as I go. Mm. So that kind of brings us to your next piece. So this is the piece that reminds you of a high, and for this you have chosen the mm. incredible black Louis Vuitton dress mm. that you wore to the London Film Festival. Um, so please, I saw a picture of this. It is such a beautiful dress. Please, can you describe it for us? and um, also talk us through the process of choosing it. It's hard to describe because I don't think I have the English vocabulary to do it, but it's like... Say it in French, it would sound much more glamorous. Uh, <laughs> no, but I mean, it's transparent. It was transparent black with a big cerceau, like, like a princess dress. And um, I don't know, it just looked fabulous. It was crazy. It was really long as well. Um, and it was great to choose it because I so actually so there was the Louis Vuitton show that I went that I went to and because I was going to London two days after they were like okay you pay attention to the show and you have to pick up your dress from the show mm -hmm. so I felt like I was just you know it was the best way to do shopping <laughs> yeah like a fashion menu it's it was like just so pick good. what you want we made this show yeah pick what you it want it was so good I was like I want this I want this I want that and then you know I went and tried it on and it was a match so yeah from your experience so far like um what sort of what, what makes a good red carpet look in terms of some or an outfit that you have to wear to a press thing that makes you feel comfortable what's your sort of formula mm, I don't know like I, I would try things on and you know if it feels right it's right it also depends on you know the kind of event that it is because you won't dress you know the same if you go to uh, Cannes or if you go to Deauville or if you go like it's very different uh, like Deauville is way more laid back than Cannes obviously or mm -hmm. you know it's very different on like the Met I've never mm -hmm. been to the Met but mm -hmm. you know it's way more 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 so yeah just, I don't know I just try things on and I'm just like okay this works but I I like I like making an, impre an impression not gonna mm -hmm. lie so if I find something that's comfortable that I can sit in that I can I'm always looking for something practical as well like if, if it, my feet are hurting just trying them trying the shoes mm -hmm. I'll just bail like um, I want to be comfortable be able to sit be able to just you know move 
um, and then look look great. Mm-hmm. And who gives you like the? T- I always think that you know when you're new in these spaces, who's giving you the tips? Who's saying like this one's a bit more relaxed? This one's really smart. This is the vibe. Or you know those like unspoken rules that you don't realize mm-hmm. until you get into a situation. You're like, oh, yeah. I mean, about like the different uh, events I had to attend. I trust. I would trust my agent at the IMG and also the guy who who is working with me at the Louis Vuitton. Mm-hmm. who's in charge of uh, VIPs and he he would explain to me like this festival is more like back this festival is more fab like this one you can go for it like mm-hmm. he would you know we would talk about it mm-hmm. nice so yeah I just want to talk a little bit about London um, you live in Paris and you're very Parisian but you also have such a strong relationship with London and particularly New York yes um, just that I, I I don't really like Paris anymore but I haven't for a long time now and there was you know a period of my life, I would come to London quite often because uh, toxic relationship, and and uh, and you know once I quit this relationship, I didn't go as much, but I still loved it. I love London for many reasons. I love it because it's so big, and I don't know. I feel like more free maybe than in Paris. Um, I like the way people dress way more, and the the way people. English girls, mostly, mm-hmm. the way they don't care about anything. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's really refreshing and really freeing. And New York, like, kind of... New York is a little different. It's just, like, I spent a month and a half in New York and it felt like home mm-hmm. pretty much instantly. It was really good. And I love the people there because it, they're not, like, you know, people from L.A. are really friendly, but you, the smile is just too yeah, wide yeah. to be true. It's very Stepford-wise, yeah. friendliness. Like, I felt very unsettled. Yes, <laughs> it's very, and if you're a Parisian, it's, like, it's even worse. Because yeah. you're like, oof. Um, so, I don't know if I feel people were like honest and it took, you know, it always takes a little while. You have to see people once, twice, and a third time, and a fourth time, and then they're your friends, and, but they don't go away. Mm. It just takes a little time and effort to, you know, build relationships. But I love the city and I love pretty much everything about New York. I even, I even like the noise. Mm. So, yeah, it feels, I feel great there. Yeah, when I moved back from New York, I found it so difficult to sleep because I was so used to the sound of the garbage trucks and the people <laughs> screaming. And it's like, mm. you know how some people listen to sounds of the sea when they yes. go to sleep? I feel like that's mine. It's like... <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, uh, probably a bit late in the interview to ask, but um, you've had loads of... You've had done so many interviews in the last sort of year or so. Um, what's the most boring interview question that you wish you never get asked again? Oh. Oh, what do you have in common with your character? Okay. <laughs> Luckily, that's not on my list, but if it was, I'd be like, I don't have that on my list. Um, this is maybe a boring question, but I think it's very interesting for people to know, and I personally would like to know, how would you describe your style? Ever-changing? Mm-hmm. Like, as I said, like, uh, I'm still doing what I was doing as a kid. Like, some, some days I want to dress like a princess and fabulous and just whatever. And sometimes I... And some days I'm just, like, huge T-shirt and I... Crocs and you know, mm. don't give a shit. Um, I don't know. I just dress as I feel, like as my mood uh, tells me to do. It. Like and sometimes if there's like events or stuff like that, I would just dress accordingly. But I don't know. Like many people are just like, oh, you dress, you 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 dress like a punk, whatever. I don't even know what that, you know, what it means. But I feel like it just means that I just dress the way I feel and I. I love color, but I always end up dress, dressing in black, so mm. I don't know. So let's move on to your next piece. So this is the piece um, that reminds you of a low. 
Yes. And so for this, you have <laughs> chosen a cheap... I have to say, it sounds, sounds sort of sadistic, but this is my favourite question, because always mm. you get these great stories from people. Um, so you've chosen a cheap red mesh dress mm-hmm. that you wore to your own party, hoping this guy was going to show up, which he never did. This reminds me, I don't know if you've seen season two of Insecure. Yes. Her ex moves out, and then it's horrible. she's hoping he'll come back to collect his mail, so she organises a whole party and like dresses sexy, and he doesn't show up. <laughs> so so I think we've all had this situation or something similar in our lives. <sighs> And if you haven't, then lucky you. Um, so yeah, tell us about this dress. Um, what's the piece and what is the story? I actually lost it. I don't know where it is. But uh, I think it went away. Yeah. With the shame. Yeah. And um, it took the shame away. I, it was a dress that I bought for the, for the party. It was all planned out. And it was with this guy, the guy from London. Uh, he was supposed to come to my birthday and he didn't and I thought he was he said he wouldn't come but I thought he was he would like you know do a surprise yeah which was so delusional um and I don't know like I it was a dress with like long sleeve very you know very tight all mesh so just you know wearing a little bra and panties and um and it was really short as well so yeah I was ready but yeah he never saw the dress Prince Charming never came (laughs) no never now he has been consigned to history yes this sort of makes me think of one of those tough lessons that you learn in your 20s and then you get a bit wiser in your 30s and you've said that um, you're so glad that this is all happening to you when you're 33 Mm -hmm. instead of 23 Um, what other sort of lessons do you feel like you learn in your 20s that you have now taken into your 30s Uh, I feel like I gathered the tool and I I gathered the tool and I built a whole support system that I didn't have uh, in my 20s. Like, I know who my friends are, like my actual real friends. Um, I know how to be alone. I know uh, who I am. I've learned to le- to love myself, which is very recent, but I feel it's really good. Um, <clears throat> I would advise everyone to work toward that because it's a life changer. Um, I don't know, I've learned, obviously I've learned like a ton of skills, but as everyone does, and I, I don't know, like I feel like I'm grounded, I mean, sometimes I just crumble and I, you know, I'm miserable and I'm a piece of shit, but, you know, I, I've come to learn how to accept it and how to get over it and thrive. Yeah, and so that's why I feel like it's so much better to encounter such a massive success and so much attention all and all at once with everything that comes with it, uh, once you're, you're just like, okay, you know, nothing, I'm not changing, changing because I'm, I mean, I'm not done changing, of course, because everything is changing all the time, but I'm just, I'm just like, you know, welcoming everything, I'm super grateful, uh, and I'm, you know, I'm just trying uh, to stay very grounded, and which is something I wouldn't have been able to do at all in my 20s. Mm. And what would you say in terms of tips for people that are, you know, methods that you use to find that sense of self-love if someone's in a place that maybe you experienced when you were younger, where you were feeling not so comfortable in yourself? Mm. What did you work on to get out of that? And what would you advise other people? I would advise, I mean, for me, what worked, so it's not something that works with everyone, but it worked for me to, and I'm going to sound very hippie, but... Uh, were like writing in a journal every day I would do it at, at night because you know I felt like I could unload the day and go to bed you know uh, later 
writing in a journal helped me a lot. Going to therapy, please everyone, go to therapy. Uh, going to therapy, uh, doing yoga every day. I did yoga every day for two years. Now, like I'm, I've been very busy and it's been, you know, very hectic. But as now, because I've done, because I've practiced so much in a very, like in a very steady way. Now I know that every time I feel like unsettled or I feel like I'm you know, unbalanced or anything, I, I know that if I go on my mat, I would find a sense of, you know, self and center again. Mm -hmm. So that and meditation and uh, everything that goes with it, but and also like spending time with your friends. Um, do, I mean, just do whatever, as you feel, and, uh, you know, don't take decisions too quick. And this piece obviously pertains to sort of romantic style. Um, so what would you say is the way to a gat's heart and what is important for you in relationships? This can be both friendship and romantic. Um, By the way, the question is too deep. You don't no, no, no. It. No, I mean, loyalty, probably, honesty, and joy, because I'm, you know, I feel like it's important to just try not to lean into chaos so much because chaos is so obvious, but it's... It's good to have people that, you know, have uh, have stopped, uh, you know, being, rolling themselves in drama and everything. Like, I'm just, I'm so over that. Um, laughter, like, I laugh a lot with my friends. So, yeah, humor, a lot of that. Nice. Um, good meals. Also. Good meals, yeah, yeah. But I'm a terrible cook, so if anyone cooks for me, it's always like this. I'm like, how did you do this miracle? Like, because I have so little capabilities. <laughs> Um, right, so moving on to your next piece. So this is the piece that made you feel a part of something. So for this, you've chosen your volleyball jersey. Um, so please describe this item for us. It was just a very basic um, blue T-shirt with a number on it and uh, the name of my team on the, you know, printed at the back. Uh, so yeah, for obvious reasons, it made me feel part of something because it made me feel part of... Uh, a team. It was also the first time that I had something that looked like a, new, a uniform. Well, I mean, we spoke before about you're quite a sporty person. Um, have you con uh, have you continued that a, a, like as well as your yoga um, in your adult life? Do you play a lot of sports? Mm. You know? Yeah, I start. I recently started uh, rock climbing, mm -hmm. like boulder climbing. I feel like it's very fashionable at the moment. It's I know. Very cool to be boulder. But climbing. I didn't. I didn't started it because I felt like it was a trend. But just because I started dating a guy who's really, really strong at climbing. You're like, this is a good view of your ass. <laughs> oh, yes. He told me that. He's like, I'm going to help you. I'm like, yeah, sure. But, uh, no, just because I started dating this guy who's, like, very into it and has been into it for 10 years yeah. that I started. So I started doing that, but I'm always interested. Like, a friend the other day was like, oh, do you want to come boxing with me? And I didn't. I've never boxed before. So I did that, like, for a bit. And I, I love doing that. I also run. Running is a constant in my life and uh, yoga is a constant as well. Mm -hmm. But I mean, I'm excited by any kind of uh, physic, physical activity. Mm -hmm. uh, can you talk, I mean, you've probably spoken about this before, so I won't so bore you about it, but can you talk through some of the like physical training and the endurance you had to go um, go through for your role into town because obviously it's such a physical role mm. so much of the acting is through your body in those scenes where you don't have a lot of dialogue how did you prepare for that oh, so I had I had a coach uh, that made me do uh, TRX a lot it was horrible no it wasn't horrible but it was very 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 hard because at the time I didn't have any muscles like, in my arms mm. I couldn't do one push-up mm. 
uh, now I can do like 25 now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had this guy and I had this uh, dance, dancer, a pole dancer, uh, Doris Arnold, who's like a queen of pole dancing here in Paris. And uh, she taught me how to dance sexy because it's something that I had no idea um, how to do. And uh, also had a stunt training. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there was this whole physical program um, that I did for two to three months. Mm-hmm. And did that sort of change your mentality in your head? Did you did you notice? Because people say, "Oh, mind body connection." Mm-hmm. Like, did you notice it sort of changed your? No, I mean not really because I was always a very disciplined person, mm-hmm. and I'm very. I love I love competition. I love being in competition with myself. Like I have good I have a good drive. Like mm-hmm. I and I'm very disciplined. So it's like. I have no problem if I know why, I understand why, and I find and I find an interest in doing something. If I have to wake up every morning at four or five to train and to do stuff, like I'm doing, it. it's like it's not even a question. So mm-hmm. I was always like that. Mm-hmm. So let's move on to your next piece. So this is a piece that reminds you of a great party. And so for this piece, you've chosen a pair of cheap red plastic boots that ruined your feet without even noticing because you were too busy dancing. So firstly, yeah. I'm really enjoying this, the cheap red theme. Cheap, I feel like yes. this was definitely like a moment. Um, can you please describe these boots for us um, and the sort of this party setting where you wore them? So they were really um, red, cheap plastic boots. Boots that I, where did I buy them? I think it was Zara when I was still buying uh, fast fashion, which I don't anymore. Yeah, and they ruined my feet because I loved the style, but I'm I'm a 39, and all they had all they had left because it was on sale. All they had left was 37, mm-hmm. and I still bought them. <laughs> so, needless to say, it was horrible. But I, I felt they had a great look, and um, they were high on the on on the ankle, like very tight, very shiny, very you know very. Very perfect, and um, except for the fast fashion part. And I don't know, and I went out with my boots, very proud, very happy of my boots. And yeah, and I, I got probably really drunk and I stopped feeling whatever <laughs> happened to my feet. And when I went home, I was, my socks were just covered in blood. Oof. It was horrible. Red inside and out. Mm. Um, so, uh, would you describe yourself? Are you like a party animal? Um, do you like to go out a lot? Are you more of a homebody? No, depends. Like I, I was never a party animal uh, because, first of all, I have no FOMO at all. Never had, mm-hmm. and also I'm usually the first to arrive and the first to leave as well. Because every time, if I feel like I'm tired, I'll just go home. I don't feel like I no. I was never a party animal, but I love being home as well. Like I, I feel like I have a good balance in my life with that. But if I go out, I, it's becoming more and more rare that I go out and come back when the sun rises. Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I'm tired before that. And also I have a thing where I'm like, oh my god, the next day, I don't want to have my day ruined mm-hmm. because I'm, you know, I'm tired or hungover or whatever. So no, I value work too much. So I'm becoming kind of a nun now. Right, so we can move on to your next piece. So this is the piece that makes you feel sexy. And so for this, you have chosen an oversized white shirt. Um, So, I mean, I guess this kind of goes without describing, but why did you choose this item? Because I noticed that it worked on every man that Mm -hmm. I encountered, that I dated. Uh, And I don't know, it feels good because it's really comfortable. 
I also never wear a bra, so mm -hmm. it's very, it's nice. I mean, my boob gets some air. Mm -hmm. It's great, like a little bit. And it's, I feel like it's a great style with pretty much anything uh, below. Like if you wear like a skirt, it looks nice with a pair of jeans, anything. It's very easy, sexy if you like open it um, uh, pretty, like a few buttons down. Uh, even if you don't open it, I feel like it's really sexy, like the look with the last button. Mm. Um, straight like no I feel like it's a great and it's white so it's gives you a lot of light so mm. yeah. um, and what is your relationship to sort of sexiness are you someone who you do feel like you dress sexy um, or even in terms of just your own sexuality is that something that has changed over time hmm good question uh, no I never really felt sexy I mean it was never something that I was attached to you know looking sexy it's not a thing because I feel you know, as a woman, um, we can feel threatened like pretty much all the time uh, just walking in the streets. So uh, looking sexy, I don't feel like was a way for me to feel safe. Sometimes I feel sexy, but it doesn't have to anything to do with my style. Like I, I can feel sexy just, um, you know, I just tell myself like it's some kind of scenario or whatever, like I'm wearing this turtleneck, whatever, and like maybe I'm a, I'm a sexy writer from the beginning mm -hmm. of 20th century. Like I have this kind of like scenario in my head, but I don't think that I look sexy at all. I'm just, uh, and also I feel like sexiness is, is not just the way you look, it's like the way, the way you move and the way, you know, some, some women are so sexy and they, they don't dress like that great. Like the, the styling is not amazing and the choices are not great. But they have this, you know, there's this sexiness to them. And it's like, it's, you don't know why, but it's there. Mm. And um, for the role of Alexia, you went on this crazy journey. So you were like the start, she's so sexy. Like, you know, you see her in the mm. club and she's dancing. And she's like basically the bait of all these guys. Um, and then she transforms and she becomes completely tomboyish. And she's even trying to completely deny her sexuality, you know, like binding her pregnancy. Um, how did you go about this, like, undoing process in the film? I mean, she's, all, she's only undoing it uh, out of survival. Mm. You know, she's not denying her sexuality. She just, like, she just needs to hide the fact that she's uh, a woman because she needs to pass uh, for a guy. Um, and I mean, the transformation was harder than I thought it would be because, you know, I shaved my head a couple of times prior to doing this movie. I bleached my eyebrows as well, so I knew the look. But I didn't know the, I didn't know the look with um, a fake broken nose and like a pregnant belly and everything. So that was very confusing for me. I had a good week of being, feeling not so great because I, we had... I mean, I, I would arrive in the dressing room t for makeup at 5 a.m., start shooting at noon until like 11 a.m., 11, 11 p.m., sorry, and then back to the hotel at like 1 or 2, and I had to wake up at five, then 4 or 5 the next day. So I had very little time to just see my actual self in the mirror mm. with all the prosthetics and everything. So I had... I, I kind of had to like dissociate, and that was not a very pleasant experience mm. yeah and I imagine for someone like you it's like you talk about your yoga practice and stuff like that it's, it's so much honing that connection <laughs> with your body feeling <laughs> inside your body feeling confident so to have to sort of essentially delete all that data or <laughs> at least like put it to the side is very difficult 
But we can move on to a more fun question now. Yeah. Uh, what do you find sexy in other people? This can be clothes um, or in personality. I think, like, self-confidence is the sexiest thing, mm-hmm. probably. And humour. Mm-hmm. Still, I feel like those two things are the sexiest things. Mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have to go with the way you look, even though... Because some... I don't know. No, it doesn't have to do anything with the way you look. Mm-hmm. I feel like self-confidence is, you know, people who or just owning it is the sexiest thing mm-hmm. and then the opposite of that uh, what's not sexy this again could be clothes or it can be personality traits or being racist or you know just having like shitty uh, opinions um, or being uh, when you don't want to lend money like you very like oh, stingy <laughs> this is horrible yeah being stingy is horrible uh, that's yeah, probably it less sexy. A penny pincher. Yes. <laughs> Being that is horrible. So this is the le- the least sexy sexy thing, I think. Um, bad breath, also. Yeah, yeah. It makes me very self-conscious. <laughs> now I'm sitting on... No, yeah, you're not. It's okay. Well, when you put on your mask and you're like, ooh, someone's breath smells and you're like, oh my God, it's fine. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, so yeah, so we have arrived at your last item so this is the one that got away and for this you have chosen a ring in the shape of an octopus that your sister gave you as a gift and that you lost twice but secretly rebought once mm. after the first time you lost it so please tell me about this item I am not proud of it <laughs> and I feel really bad and I hope my sister never listens to this podcast uh, no I mean it's a ring that she bought me for my birthday I think and I lost it I think in the public bathroom, like, I'm, I'm not really sure. It was during the day, there was no party involved or whatever. And I never found it again. And so I I knew she bought it on Etsy. So I went back on Etsy and tried to find, find it. So I found it, mm-hmm. reorder it without saying anything to my sister. And, and then this summer I went uh, in uh, Ardèche and there's like the river there and I went for a midnight bath whatever drunk idea and um, I don't know I think it slips mm-hmm. off my finger and I lost it forever mm-hmm. and I thought like yeah well, that's it um, and are you and your sister close does she have a similar sense of style to you we are close but we have no connection uh, regarding style whatsoever mm. at all. She's a, she's very more uh, she's yeah more classic um, laid back. Mm-hmm. And would you say that you're an easy person to buy clothes for? Yes, I don't know. No one really buys me clothes, so <laughs> I like do. yes. Why not try? Just try. You just know? try. Like, I mean, <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you know me a little bit, it's not, I don't think it's that hard, but. I don't know. I, I, as I said, no one buys me clothes, so I have no idea. So I'm sure people will send you lots of clothes very soon. Yes, they do. <laughs> um, Please do. And who do you think is the best dressed person in cinema? So this can be a real person or it can be a character from a film. Jilda mm. Swinton, mm-hmm. probably. Yeah. I got. We're finished. Thank you so much Thank for being you. on the show um, and for telling us about your threads of conversation. <laughs> Thank you so much. Au revoir. Au revoir. Woo.